100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, brought to you by FNM Bank at myfmbank.com. We do it every week, and this week we're excited to have as our guest Greg Arias, the sports director of WHIN Radio and also Sports Illustrated, the man. I don't know about that. But. Thanks for uh, coming in, brother. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, I know, and I didn't want to do this over the phone, so we're, you know, four and a half to five feet away. We're close, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot going on, and we thought this is a perfect time to have you back and see what's going on. So before we dive into football and high school football and everything that's happening, um, I always like to just, you know, do a little background on our guests um, you know, you've been here a very, very long time, but uh, we're going to assume there's some new folks that don't know you, if that's I've, cool. I've been a, a day or two. You've been around. Yes, you've a been, day or two. You are Johnny Sumner County. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but I'm still trying to figure out how Mount Juliet guy does the green and gold. Uh, you know, what happened? <laughs> I moved. Were you a turncoat I, though, no, like well, 28 years ago? 29, but yes. Actually, longer than that, I guess. We moved here, uh, my parents, when I was a senior in high school uh, back in 1985. We moved. We had just lived literally across the river uh, on 109. Like, so, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah right so there. Like, I was actually closer to Gallatin High School from my house than I was to Mount Juliet, oh, but we were wow. across the river in Wilson County, so I went to Mount Juliet. But we did grocery shopping and mm-hmm. things of that Walmart and everything in Gallatin. It was much closer. Yeah. And then Dad decided it was time for a change in jobs, which forced us to move. And so we moved across the river to Gallatin. And I actually drove back and forth to Mount Juliet from Gallatin from Thanksgiving of 85 until I graduated in 86 because middle of my senior year, cap, gown, pictures, you know, all that stuff, right, friends. Right. And so there was just no way Man. I wanted to change schools at that time. So. No, I was going to say, might as well finish what you started. Absolutely. <laughs> and then I met Skip Sparkman. And yeah. Jack Williams. <laughs> Let me guess, was Skip teaching at Vol State? <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't go to Vol State and, and have him in a class. I actually met him at a, a basketball game at Gallatin High School. Uh, I had spoken to Jack uh, earlier because Jack used to do Little League baseball games at the city park. Okay. And I coached Little League my year my in 85, 86. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my last summer with Dad. He said, hey, let's coach Little League Baseball together. So we got a team in Gallatin and coached there, and Jack came and did games. Well, I was interested in radio, so I talked to him. He said, talk to Skip. So when I talked to Skip, here we are. Yeah, and uh, did you end up doing color for Skip? or what? No, I never did color. I started doing the stats for him, basketball season 1991, and then moved into football in 92. And occasionally I would do sideline reporting. I would fill in for him on games, doing the play-by-play. And then eventually he said, hey, I'm done with basketball. It's all yours. So I took <laughs> over basketball and did that for, gosh, a long time. I don't even remember uh, when that started, and then I took over for football when he decided that he'd had enough of that. Well, before we launch into your sports career here, why don't we talk about what well, you, you've done other things in your other lives. So, uh, uh, you know, was it always just a part of you, sports, and then you did these other things not realizing that 
hey, I could maybe earn a living doing this, you know. It started that way. As a child, I was always a fan of, of sports. We grew up in Clarksville. And so um, radio, we had we got Kentucky sports with Kaywood Ledford. Uh, we got Austin P. of course. A uh, mm-hmm. gentleman named Sherwin Clift was the announcer when I was a child there. Uh, we got Tennessee with John Ward, obviously. And then Alabama uh, radio was also played in Nashville. So we heard those games. So I grew up listening to, to Kaywood Ledford, John Ward, uh, John Forney, and Doug Layton with the Alabama crew. And yeah. just and so you went to Alabama. Spent a little time there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And didn't you never got into media there? Never got into media anywhere until I came back here in 91. As I said, I was at a basketball game one night. Decided, that was it. That was yeah, the first, very first time. Very first. I'm going to huh. go talk to Skip. And he said, sit down here at the table with me. Put on this headset. Well, he, I put on the headset. He turns the microphone off. So, you know, I'm just yeah. sitting there listening to him. <laughs> and you're but like, I'm, this looks easy. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping up with his numbers and stuff. And so after a, two or three games, four games, I don't know, sometime into that first season, he says, okay, at halftime – or." You're going to do the numbers, read these stats that you've kept up with. Oh, okay, so he put you on then. Yeah, he put me on and turned me up, turned me down. Well, one night we're sitting there, and he was sick. I mean, he was literally sick as he could be. He'd called the girls' game first and second half. We'd gone through between the games. He called the second half of the boys' game. Mm -hmm. And two minutes literally before we're supposed to go back on for the second half of the boys' game, he looks at me and says, okay, I can't do any more. You've got to call this second half. Wow. And I'm like – You know what? I don't think I've ever heard Skip do a game. He was really good. Yeah. We've heard him talk. The the pipes, he had the voice. I mean, I've yet to run anybody that doesn't know him, (laughs) you know, or that taught him. I'm sorry that he taught. Yeah, exactly. Um, But you had a different career after college. Yes, several, actually. I I got into working for private business and just it just really wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I spent some time in that. And then one day I just decided because I'd always kind of wanted to be a police officer. Hey, I'm going to I'm just going to do this. I'm going to jump in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So I went to work for the Sumner County Sheriff's Department. I spent a little over a year there and got hired by the city of Gallatin Police Department and okay. took the leap and, and went there and uh, did uh, almost six years there. Yeah. So okay. almost eight years total between the two. And then but when you were doing that, were you doing sports at the same I did, time? I was, I was okay, doing yeah. working with Skip. Uh, I started that uh, before I ever got into law enforcement, so it just kind of worked out. And the police chief at the time at Gallatin, especially when I was hired, he loved it. He thought yeah. it was great that, hey, I've got an officer that's you know, doing yeah. radio locally here. So he was very good about working with me with my schedule. Uh, they would put me on days during football and basketball season and then move me to afternoons and midnights the other time so that, you know. Well, you must not have been favorite. horrible on that last half of that basketball game or whatever. That was pretty and, terrible. Because <laughs> you came back. I mean, you, well, you know. Well, he, he expected as much. I don't think he was quite surprised by how it went. <laughs> he was kind of expecting Do you have that. any uh, audio of it? No. Fortunately, I don't <laughs> think there's any audio of that or, or the first few games that I did by myself. Funny story, and I'm going to tell this on a couple of Gallatin coaches, Mark Wilson and, and Billy Nolan. Billy's retired. Mark's still at the Gallatin High School. Skip sends me out to do freshman football with a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. So we go to Franklin, Franklin High School, and Gallatin are playing a freshman football game. I'm in the press box with these two crazy coaches. People that know them will, will admit and agree with that. So the quarterback for Franklin High School's freshman team was a kid named Leftwich. I don't remember his first name. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Okay. But these two 
yahoos, and I'll say that, and, and they'll appreciate that comment. But all night long, next to me in the booth, sandwich, 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 until I set it on the tape. <laughs> Once I set it on the tape, they were good. It took them three quarters to get me to, get to do you it. To mess up? Yes. Uh, so <laughs> that was uh, was really my start with the the play by play on my own to do the freshman games. Of course, you know a tape recorder you can start it and stop it during yeah, commercials yeah. and that yeah. thing. So it makes it a little bit easier than when you're doing a live broadcast to to do that. And then Skip gave me this great pointer about how to do basketball. He said, take your television and record a basketball game and then once you're done go back through it watch it get the names of all of the players the numbers all of that stuff and then sit down with a tape recorder and do this game call yeah. it on the tape you're there yeah. by yourself if you want to stop it yeah hit that's pause. a great idea yeah. great idea so dumb me decides to ret- uh, to record an sec basketball game from the sec tournament rick patino and the really good Kentucky teams, mm-hmm. Nolan Richardson and Arkansas and the 40 minutes of heck that those guys did. And this mm-hmm. was Day and Mayberry and all those right, guys. Right. And so the final score of this game wound up like 98-96, <laughs> okay? It was like a track meet. These guys, they, they didn't play defense. They just raced up and down the floor. So by the time I did that game three or four times at home on a tape recorder, I actually got fast. So it kind of happened okay, yeah, accidentally. Yeah, because you do, you know, you, you, there are certain sports that you, you got to just roll. I mean, hockey's insane. Um, because by the time you call it, it's already three other places. Exactly, and I couldn't do hockey because of the Russian names that, and, yeah, and yeah. I, the foreign names. I should say, and not just all Russian. There's number seventeen. Yes, there's, there's just yeah. some names that even to try to say. And God bless Pete Weber; he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and the, the rest of the guys, Doc Emmerich, and the guys that do yep. uh, hockey, just to listen to those guys because I would stumble all over those but, names. Like you said, back in that Kentucky team, I mean, I don't ever remember Kentucky playing defense under Rick Pitino. Not a lot. It was just, it was just threes, threes, threes threes and threes hoist it but up it, and run i mean it worked yeah <laughs> you can't you know say it didn't but um it was a great way to cut your teeth and uh so you started that was 20 was it 29 years now we're getting 20 on, uh, uh, 91 was yeah 91 was a basketball season 92 was football and i jokingly say to everybody it's my fault because 92 gallatin goes 15 and 0 undefeated wins a state football championship we haven't been back since, so it's all my fault. I got it out of the way in the first season, and I've totally screwed it okay, up Okay, well, you know, I don't want to say anything to jinx this season because, you know, it's so far, way so too early. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you know. Anyway, and I don't want everybody to think we're just going to sit here and talk Gallatin football because, you know, there's you're, you are well-rounded in everything that's going on. And, you know, you were the second guy I met at the radio station when, when Skip and I were talking about this, and he was – thinking about him and Jack were thinking about selling the station. Uh, you came in um, mm-hmm. and introduced yourself. And I don't know, we just kind of hit it off. And I'm like, look, I don't know squad about Sumner County sports. So I'm really going to be leaning on you. And I, you had this kind of, you are <laughs> looking in your eye. You're going to what? I'm like, well, no, we need to do all the games all the time. I didn't realize how big of a project that might be, but. Well, the rumor going around when word got out that the station was being sold was that the new owner was going to come in and dump high school sports altogether. Mm-hmm. There would be none. And so, obviously, people all over town were upset because at the time— It's we funny how that happened, and I, I have no idea how that would even get exactly. started. Exactly. I, I have no idea, but I had been told that several times prior to the day that I met you. And so, when we spoke for the first time and you told me that, I said, well, you know, the rumor going around town, go put it on social media. So, I did. I went out and said, hey, folks. Unless you hear this from me or Tony himself, yeah. 
don't believe any of these rumors because I've talked to the man. We've had the conversation. I know what's going on, and I promise I'll tell you. And so here we are. Yeah, and then it, it did grow and get, I mean, which is funny because we were on a Nashville station doing high school sports. So it's like, that's what, that was what was so bizarre to me. It just kind of, but I mean, everybody likes things the way they are. Totally understandable. And, you know, you were a big part of that transition, and I don't know what we would have done without you. You um, would have been just fine. <laughs> well, I mean, you and I are, like, we're diving into areas we had, neither of us knew much about. Right. But we knew it was possible. So, you know, our goal and yours was to grow it, not to make it go the other way. And, and, and uh, you've done a great job of that because... Well, we're trying. Well, we have every stream, mm-hmm. with the exception of Portland. Of course, Portland High School has their own radio station there in the yeah, city of Portland. Yeah, we don't want to interfere yeah. with them. They're and, doing and it's fine. Just, it was, it's too hard to do logistically. We spoke, or I spoke with the people at Portland, but because of their space limitations for football, mm-hmm. it would be impossible for their radio station and a broadcast group of ours, and their radio station doesn't want to, to feed a, a right. stream, which is you know totally their their sure. call on that yeah, absolutely uh, but other than that hey you know when you talk about you've got the big four high schools of gallatin hendersonville station camp beach and you've got uh, pope john westmoreland and white house you know and we'll pick up when the new school comes online yeah big and station we'll we'll have it too as soon as it's up and running yeah and what's been great is the you know the school system has been great i mean because they're just rolling with us on this and we don't really know what we're doing but the ad's and everybody from dr phillips on down has just been great and i think it's been good for the county hopefully i mean that's been the idea is to get these schools that weren't getting any exposure a heck of a lot more exposure absolutely i mean you know how can you go wrong with that we certainly appreciate the sponsors that have helped with this because obviously there was some cost on your part because mm-hmm. you had to buy equipment yep. for all these other schools and you know, we had all the gallatin stuff but we had to have something for everybody else so all of that went into it up front we had to find and get people to do it and we've had a couple changes here and there with yeah. some of the and people the, calling we know games, the but, technical challenges that go with it but you know what we've learned over the years is mostly it's connection issues yes that's not our stuff we kept thinking that something's wrong we're just not buying the right stuff or whatever and uh but you you put on quite an elaborate game and we'll get into that in just a minute we're up against our first break here we're talking with greg Arias, sports director at whin radio and also a sports illustrated and we're going to come back with more of our program right after these messages on uh, sumner county spotlight on whin FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. We are back with Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, brought to you by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and at myfmbank.com. And uh, just loving chatting it up with Greg. We haven't hooked up in a while, and this time of year we always like to talk to you, just obviously because of football. But, you know, as this has sort of evolved over the years, and uh, you you sort of – let's just talk maybe Gallatin football for a minute here. Okay. You, you – you know, we had talked about including all the other teams in the county and, and as many as we could and looking forward to that new high school. Um, I love to see the new rivalries that will show up. Who knows what will happen? You know, you never know. Exactly. Um, but you sort of took the broadcast itself to a different level, in my opinion. Now, I don't know that they were as elaborate uh, when Jack and Skip were doing those, but you have added a bunch of things and kept a lot of the tradition at the same time with Bobby there and, and everybody, you know. 
Well, uh, that was part of the idea because. How is Bobby, by the way? I, I need to ask you. Bobby is still Bobby. He's uh, okay because he didn't he get sick? He's he, been did he sick. Get the, he got he's, COVID. He's have some. He's had some other issues. Okay, but I thought he maybe got COVID or something. Yeah, he. he Are we allowed to talk about that? Well, I, I wasn't going to, but. Uh, well, he's fine. He, well, he. I mean, he's. I talked he's to him this now. morning. He's all clear. He's, yeah, all he's good. still. Uh, he's still having some lingering effects of mm-hmm. some of it, but uh, I called him this morning and we talked for probably 15 minutes on right. the phone. So this was a while ago. We're all good. Right. Everybody's clean. Everybody's good. Well, now everybody, everybody's getting better. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. So, but you've kept sort of that tradition. Yes. Bobby's been with Gallatin football for 50 years. I was just going to say, I don't want to. <laughs> Just I was going to say 120. I was just guessing, but I. <laughs> well, he and Don Porter are the two guys that would know most about Gallatin football because they've been here since the inception. Well, I don't know that listening to a game would be the same. No offense, you know, but not having Bobby there. It's, it's, just, it's a little different, but. It's the deal. You know, the, the fun part about it, and even from my end, when I'm on the other end and he's down on the field, is. I don't know what he's going to say uh, next. I was just going to say that. I'm like, you're ready to go. You're in the zone. All of a sudden, this thing comes out of left field. You're like, I'm sorry, what did he just say? Yes. Uh, There was one night, and I'll tell this one. the perspective he has down there is so different. Absolutely. And, you know, he's done this so long, and he he knows the game, and he knows the players. And And I guess I should mention, he's on the field, folks. So for those of you who weren't, no, that's what we're talking about. Yes, he's the sideline He's on the field, and Greg's up in the booth. And so he he just he brings so much to it, but he does it because his voice is different. You've, yeah, you've heard him. It's unique, uh, and people love him. I mean, there's people yeah. who tell me, "Hey, you know, as great Sorry, as Greg, you guys, he's still the star." No, as as much as we do, and as much as we bring and try to do the to, to the game, the rest of it. There's people that listen to it just to hear what Bobby's yeah. going to say next. A little Bobby goes a long way, right? Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, that's just the way it goes. Um, but that's sort of the great part about broadcasting, and you know, you have your niches too. And I'll, I'll be honest, I am shocked you haven't done anything major league yet and i don't know if it's by choice or the opportunities or timing that just hasn't happened but uh the first game of the year and i texted you and i wasn't just you know bsing you i'm telling you you were rocking that first game and i don't know if you guys were just all pumped up but it was as good of a broadcast that i'd ever heard well i appreciate that uh you know i'm kind of normal up until the mic goes on on game day, um, obviously there's a lot of things have to be be done: rosters, mm-hmm. spotting charts, getting things together, making sure everything's lined up, and all of that stuff, and then setting up the equipment once we get there. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of just normal, but when the lights, so to speak, come on, it's like, okay, this is the fun part. You know, yeah. this is where yeah. you all this work that you've done all week to get ready for this. Now is the is the time where you get to have fun. So. And as long, and I told you this when when I began with with you that as long as I was that way and enjoyed it, I wanted to continue doing it, and it's still fun when six o'clock hits and it's showtime. It's still fun. But you know, as I was saying when we first started this segment, you know, you took it from you know more than just a couple of microphones. It's a bigger, much bigger production. Um, from and I'm not sure people when they listen they realize everything that does go on. With the multiple microphones, uh, multiple announcers, uh, the pregame announcers, the uh, uh, halftime show, um, the uh, uh, there's just uh, the bumper music, for, you know, all everything. There's thought that has gone into every ounce of these broadcasts, 
And I think that's raised the bar with all of our other broadcasts as well, because we got, like you said, a great group of guys, which you found for us, which we appreciate. But um, when did it change from just a couple of announcers to this sort of more elaborate broadcast and the coin toss, the field reports, the injury reports, the pregame, the the halftime, all that stuff. Well, we've had the, the sideline reporter. Bobby's been doing that for years and years and years back to, to skip long before yeah. I ever started. Which wasn't easy. No, the technology now is obviously much better than it was then, so it does make it easier for us most of the time. Now, we had some weather issues at Lebanon that yeah. knocked out our ability to communicate with Bobby on the sideline. We've got a little small FM transmitter, mm-hmm. but with the way it was raining and carrying on, I had to bring yeah. that inside, and it just it just didn't work. So, right. uh, you know, when you have issues like that, but otherwise, you know, it's, it's a simple kind of deal. But I just wanted to make it more engaging, to add some other things to entertain people. The bumper music is something that I tried to do with Jack and Skip, and uh, it didn't work. They mm-hmm. didn't like the concept or the idea, so we scrapped it back then. And you said, hey – Take it and, and run with it and do what you want to do. And that was one of the first things. Like, okay, let's go cut some music. Yeah, yeah, which it does energize the, the program, I think, uh, in a different way. But, you know, the interviews, the hitting the coaches up before they run in the locker room, those kind of things, those are all a part of it, which I think makes a difference. And it's just about the kids. And that's one thing that I've, I've said and, and I truly believe, and Skip taught me this, you have some announcers, and this is at the professional level, that want to try to make things about them. It's not mm-hmm. about me. Right. It's about the kids. It's about the coaches. It's about the product on the field. When I'm done at the end of the night, I want people, if you remember something I said because maybe it was funny or maybe it was whatever, that's fine. But I want the ultimate thing for fans when they're done with the game is to remember what happened on the field and not that I had any part to do with any of it. So... Um so why not bigger and better things? I mean, of the opportunities, just I mean, you are with Sports Illustrated. I'm not downplaying that; it's a big deal. But you're also a writer. I mean, you've done that for years. Well, uh, there's never been an opportunity present itself uh, to do anything. Well, there's you know a baseball team there. There's rumors of a baseball team. There is. I, I've, I I've had some contact with the I guys. I would love that to you. hear you on there, man. That would be awesome. I, I've made friends with the with the gentleman that's in charge of that operation, John Lower. He actually and now they just got me. Justin Timberlake into the yeah, game too. Yeah, there's so, some and big I've time reached stuff. out saying, "Hey, what can we do?" Because I'm all about baseball. So. Well, now, hey, if you can put it on on this station and the Nashville station, you know, maybe I get a chance to do the games. <laughs> what, you want to be now, the flagship? Wait a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but um, you know, there. There aren't a lot of announcing gigs out there, big ones. I mean, there are on a local level, and there seems to be 8,000 guys or women that want to be sports announcers. You know, they're all like wanting to be on ESPN, and there just ain't that many gigs. I mean, we could name them on our hands, you know, back from Kurt Gowdy to Tony Kubek to, um, you know, whoever. Uh, Keith Jackson. Keith, yeah. Jackson. So, yeah. One of the greatest ever. Yeah. but they're really it's a it's not easy to get the gig you may think you want but then when you settle in uh like Pete Weber, Greg Arias, you know these guys that have done the they're great gigs to just keep doing. Like you said, you wouldn't be doing the darn thing if it wasn't fun. Absolutely. That's you know and that's I know Pete, I know Mike Keith and those guys are, are awesome and that's why we've got those liners that play on all of the different uh, streams and that we play on mm-hmm. our games from from those guys. I reached out to both, and they're like, "Yeah, tell me, write me a script. Tell me what you want." And I mean, they had it back to me in no time. Uh, 
because they're, they're just so good at what they do. And, you know, when you get a job like that, you don't want to let it go, especially if you're having fun. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of me here. Now, you know, if ESPN called them on and said, hey, we want you to come, you know, call <laughs> yeah. the SEC game of the week, I'm not going to be stupid and say, <laughs> hey, I'm not going to do it. Well, this but, has, you know, the sports thing and the broadcast thing has given you a lot of opportunities to do really a lot of cool things that – other folks don't just get to do and i know those are a lot of blessings absolutely uh for you and you did a lot of stuff with the titans now were you actually employed by the titans at that or that, that no. was a a team that co- i mean a, a a company that covered the titans scoutmedia.com i got the opportunity to go to work for them and run their titan site which allowed me uh media credential now i've had credentials for several years uh through whin i've Right, was able to get credentialed and go to games, and, and so thanks I would, for getting me some. Not, hey, I got you in one game. You were late getting yeah, there. Remember? Did. I know, of course. <laughs> I can't get anywhere on time. But uh, I, so anyway, I, I started doing that, and then uh, Scout Media. I got the opportunity to do that and run their website and do all things, which meant I went to practice. It meant I traveled not with the team per se on their flights and things, but uh, traveled to road games and. Uh, we stayed in the team hotel, so there's there's been a lot of advantages. I've seen a lot of things. Some of them I can't talk about on air. Yeah. Uh, other stories we could probably I share. I only went but, to one game, and I can't talk yeah, about that. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it, it just kind of evolved, and so when Scout Media went bankrupt and every one of us that were working there lost our positions, I was out of doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys that I worked with at Scout calls and says, hey, and this is literally what he said when I answered the phone, we're putting the band back together. Do you want to play? And I said, what are you talking about? I had no clue. Well, the same people that at the time that when I started that were in charge of Scout Media had been bought out and left that company. Now they're running the company that's in charge of the Sports Illustrated stuff. So there was my opportunity to come back. Well, okay. I was initially thinking, hey, okay, you know, I, I talked to the people like going and doing the Titans thing. Well, David Beauclair, who's local in Nashville, a lot of people know the name, David's a great guy. He'd already been hired to do the Titans, and they gave me two options said, hey, we want you to, to come back and do this. Can you do UT? Well, no, I'm not driving back and forth to Knoxville three or four times a week. I'm not moving to Knoxville, mm-hmm. so I guess I'm out. And they said, well, what about Vanderbilt? And so it was like, yeah, okay. So, so that's how are. Sports Illustrated Yep, came. that's how that pretty much came about. Yeah, and but, how has that changed just since all of this stuff has happened? What What is going on? Well, um, is it just you never know when you wake up? Are we going to play? Are we not playing? Who's playing? What are we doing? Pretty much, and we've still been required by Sports Illustrated to write our three to five stories a day for the site. So starting at the end of March, March seventh, actually, when they canned the rest of the SEC tournament, I was actually there. Had been there the night before. Vanderbilt had played uh, in the second of the two games on the opening night. And uh, went back the next morning covering the whole thing because I was sending information out to some of the other sites that people maybe didn't make the trip in from around the SEC. And, of course, it gets canceled that morning. We walk in the gym, Kentucky's on the floor practicing, and the next thing we know they're saying, okay, it's over. And So when you hear uh, the local coaches talk about, we think this is going to happen, classic example was uh, the game uh, Gallatin ended up finding well, hooking up with hunters lane or something right what, what was the no what was the game we had to didn't we have to make a change i think it was gallatin 
that had to do a last minute change. Oh no, that Gallatin uh, has had some changes, but none of them have been last minute. Who? Maybe it wasn't Gallatin. That, it was the Pope John, I believe. Yeah, on one I of their, think you're yeah, right. I think Willie Brown that does Pope John had a had a game change like, like maybe the week day or before, two or yeah, something. Or something yeah, like that. it's not a lot of notice. No. So this whole thing has thrown the sports world into a just free for all. Um, do you think it's going to get back? I mean, is it feeling? I'm just glad we're playing high school ball. Other than no one in the stands, or not many, um, it it sounds on the air, you know, kind of like it did. Yeah, it's uh, you know we have a crowd mic that we hang out the window, and so it doesn't take a lot of a crowd to be close to us to get that that stadium sound. Uh, Thank you for not putting cardboard figures out there. Yeah, we're not we're not <laughs> That's doing that. Literally the dumbest thing I've <laughs> it's, ever yeah, seen. It's kind of kind of weird, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I guess teams some of the teams are monetizing it now because they're they're <laughs> yeah, selling yeah, your exactly. you can put your likeness here to be on television. Classic. So. Yeah, anything to make a buck. But. You know, this is like the Twilight Zone. Um, we're is. talking with Greg, uh, Greg Arias, is our sports director here at WHIN, also at Sports Illustrated. And we're going to come back with more of our program right after these messages here on WHIN. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning with our special guest, WHIN Sports Director and Sports Illustrated writer, Greg Arias, who I guess just follows Vandy and other things if needed. Other things if needed. I may do some Titans things uh, coming up this year. But, yeah, most of it's Vandy. Looking forward, hopefully, if I get permission from Texas A&M to take a trip down to College Station on the 26th, uh, that's one of the bucket list places that I have not been that I want to go. And so since Vandy's going to open the SEC schedule there, uh, the plan is. There you go. Uh, if everything is approved and the SEC and even Vanderbilt and Texas A&M are still working on their media policies. So when I spoke with the A&M folks last week, uh, they couldn't give me a good answer as to whether I would be permitted or not. But hopefully we'll keep fingers crossed. So why football? Why? I mean, that it. It just seems to have more focus than anything. Was it sort of accidental in your career? You enjoy it the most because um, you did a lot of basketball, um, you know. But you tend to, you know, is it because of the the history of the Gallatin uh, football program? Or well, that's part of it. Uh, I played football in high school. Uh, played baseball for years and years through little league and in high school and and all that kind of stuff. And so. Uh, I like those two best. Never really could play basketball. I enjoy it. Uh, but it just uh, – football's always been the thing that I love the most. I mean, Monday nights when I was a kid, mom and dad would make me go to bed at like, you know, 8 o'clock, and the game's just coming on at 8 o'clock. So I would sneak down the hall and lean sideways so I could see around the corner and watch the game. And if I heard them getting up, sprint back to the bed, jump in, yeah. cover up, act like you're asleep, you know. And my dad knew I did You know, did it. people know what we, yeah. when we didn't have smartphones, you guys are so spoiled. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, if I had a smartphone, it would be good. I could lay in bed and watch the game. <laughs> so um, tell us about some of the experiences that you've had and uh, – in your career uh, because, you know, they're not all football-related either. I mean, you've had some golf experiences and some other things. Uh, well, you mentioned golf. I know where you're going with that. <laughs> well, what, let's, before we go there, just what is the weirdest thing that you've ever called? I mean, have you ever, you know, just have you ever done other than football and basketball? Cause, and I mean, some I, baseball. There have been some really weird things out there that you probably have buddies who've, 
who've called your you called what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I've I've heard stories of things. No, I guess the weirdest the thing high I've ever, game of the week. <laughs> Little League baseball mm-hmm. is probably the weirdest, and, and that sounds bad. The well, reason, not around, I mean, with Goodlessville around, it'd be, well, that's it'd be an honor to but, do the game, you know? I mean, you know, some games and some teams you get where little Johnny just can't hit the strike zone ball. Oh, it's kind of yeah. like the Bob Euchre thing, ball four, ball eight, ball 12, yeah, you know? Yeah. And you just kind of walk. And that, that was a, a learning ground, too. Jack put me to doing that, Jack Williams. And said, "Hey, go do and some." And that's more league. about the kids learning. Exactly. The game. So, and I'm sure he's like, just concentrate on how they're learning what they're doing. Yeah, you know, exactly. and you don't have to be perfect because the game's not perfect. It's yeah. not a high speed deal. Baseball obviously is not a high speed deal anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even at the little league level, it's it's even less. So I guess that would probably be the toughest thing that I ever called, simply because. You're trying when little Johnny's walked six guys in a row. Yeah. You know what, yeah. what do you say here? You know, yeah. well, just a little bit outside. You know, he <laughs> threw it over the backstop, but I mean, that's yeah. kind of. Um, so let's talk about this season. Um, just not only Gallatin, but how is the because one of the other things that you created, uh, there was always a sports show. I mean, a coach's show. That I think there's always been one, yes. right? Coaches it was a Saturday morning, Thursday it was on night. Breakfast. Yeah. It's it's kind of had different. Uh, you know, versions over the years. Um, and now, you know, you're at the new hotel, you're doing it there. Um, we're, you know, we were trying to get more coach participation and it's tough for them. I mean, let's just be honest. These guys aren't exactly sitting around not doing anything. Football is an all consuming as is band, um, yeah. by the way. And, and those kinds of things is a heck of a commitment. Um, so you're not going to lure them out. And we, we do, we lure them out with food and that's a good thing. <laughs> That helps. Absolutely. But um, how has that changed over the years in adding this this coaches show to the to the sort of the portfolio of sports? Well, we always did, or as long as I've been associated with Skip started and, and then or was doing it, and then I took over when when he retired Thursday night for football. We would have an on the line with the Sumner County coaches. I would record every coach with the exception of the Gallatin High School coach, call them on the phone, spend three to four minutes with them. I had a designated time that, mm-hmm. you know, during their planning, whatever it was, to call and do these recordings. And then they would play those on Thursday night, and then I would have four segments of live from a various restaurant. We did them uh, at Shoney's when I first started in Gallatin, and it moved to Chick-fil-A, which is not there anymore. And, or not, excuse me, Mrs. Winters, rather, excuse me, and then Chick-fil-A. And right, and it was there quite a it while. It was there quite a while. And we would do a Saturday morning coaches' breakfast where the coaches would come and talk about the Friday night game, and it was all live. There but, was I mean, nothing that, recorded. i, I got to be honest, that had to be killer for them because you're coming off a game. I mean, and it takes every ounce of adrenaline you got. Um, I would think they'd want to just sleep in. But, you know, they got meetings and things to do. Exactly. And they, you know, but it was a good time to come and, and talk to the other coaches. When I first started uh, with Skip, we had more coaches. Portland's coach came. Westmoreland's coach came. Uh, the beach coach at the time came. Hendersonville occasionally would come. And, of course, the Gallatin coaches. And over the years, as coaches have changed, and you talk about some of these guys are younger guys now, too, like Coach yeah. Watson from Gallatin, for instance. He's got three young children. I mean, his wife just had another child here, and they're all five and under. So, you That's, know, they've got uh, family painful. responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, it's not just, you know – all the responsibilities they have as teachers first and then as coaches yes. and then 
you know, when you talk about their families, what they do. So for these guys to want to come and do these things is great. We appreciate it so much for them to be willing to take time to come and do that. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, one thing I've observed is just the camaraderie between them. You know, there's a healthy respect for all each other and what they're trying to do. Um, In particular with, you know, schools that, you know, you talked, uh, I'm trying to think of the program that's had trouble just getting kids. Um, They have tough records every year. They don't maybe do as well. Well, Um, Westmoreland has had, because it's a small community. Yeah, uh, right. They've had some issues. Yeah, they they they, don't have a growth like some of these others. But there's no less respect. Right. And that's what I think is really a thing. And you, you, every time I hear you talk about whether it's Westmoreland or the other small schools, um, that healthy respect. Look, you got to give them credit for coming out. These guys are playing both ways. I mean, they're doing it because they want to do it. Yeah, it's full of love, you know. And I'm associated, obviously, with Vanderbilt. Those guys, I'm not saying they don't love the game. I've Mm -hmm. been around the Titans. I know several Titans players. I'm not saying they don't love the game. But at that level, they love the game, but they love the money they're getting. This high, high school is the purest form. Just like high school soccer, baseball, basketball, tennis whatever sport it is there's no monetary reason for these kids to play other than maybe some of them feel like they have an opportunity to get a college scholarship and some do you know you can parlay that but it's more for the love of the game and these coaches are certainly coaching for the love of the game because it's not about the extra money they get in a coach's supplement it's not that much yeah and i've I've heard you interview enough coaches to that you know, you learn something every day, and the, the smart ones learn from the kids as well. Yes. You know, this isn't just a one-way street here. And you come in contact with Be- some Because if you kids. come up with somebody that has a completely different ability than you thought, you know, that might be worth changing the program a little bit to, to excel, you know, run with your strengths. Well, and I'll go back to just last season, first year for Gallatin, Chad Watson. He comes in, and he has Spencer Briggs, who was a solid running back, Okay. He had had a really good sophomore year. His junior year wasn't quite as good. He had some injuries that slowed him down. There were no expectations for him to do what he did last year for Gallatin football in the way he played. He just he was healthy. He'd gotten bigger. He'd gotten stronger. And he turned into the focal point for the most part of Gallatin's offense pretty much all year long. And as he went, uh, so too did, did the team go. And he turned that into now he's in Las Vegas at UNLV. And last I heard, he was the number two running back on the depth chart. So Already? Already, as a, yeah. as a freshman. Now, they had a coaching change out there. And, you know, the new coach that recruited him obviously is going to be higher on his guys maybe than he is on some others. But he was just that kind of player. But you never really expected that so much from his junior to his senior year to see that the growth and how much he transformed himself both physically and as a person. He's a really great kid, and I really enjoyed the opportunity to call his games and to get to know him. And so you, uh, you know, sticking with Gallatin football here a little bit, and we do want to talk about the other programs, but you've been uh, following that program for so many years. What about the different iterations? And there was a pretty high bar when you began. There was a state title. And then, you know, over these last 30 years, tell me how the team has changed, evolved, coaching, and just the way they play. Well, obviously, Coach Short set a pretty high bar. Uh, The man lost 18 games – or, well, I'm going to screw up if I say that. I think it was 18, don't hold me to this, games Mm -hmm. in in the course of his – time there he won over 300 he won three state championships Mm -hmm. so the bar was really high for what he did Uh, 
he also had a bit of a coaching tree. Jeff Porter, who was the head coach at White House High School, played at Gallatin, spent some time with Coach Short. Coach Jim Barron was at Gallatin, of course. So you had another school that had a Gallatin connection there, and those right. guys were really tight. Uh, he, Coach Short, left to become a principal. Uh, that was for retirement purposes. As teachers, your last three years – uh, of pay is what your retirement's based on. So mm -hmm. he moved up from a coach to an administrator, became the principal, moved to Portland High School. Mm -hmm. Well, Coach Jerry Jocelyn, who was the defensive coordinator for Gallatin under Coach Short, took over. His tenure wasn't exactly what Coach Short's was. And you know that old saying about being the first person Following, to follow the legend. Yeah. When you follow Vince Lombardi that, and well, Phil Lou Jackson. Holtz says and, it all the yeah. time. He goes, hey, I follow Jerry Faust. How, you know, you got to know when to go in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, when, when, and it's, it's Jay Leno following Johnny Carson. Exactly. That it's, it's that way a lot that the next guy doesn't necessarily have the success and perhaps through no fault of their own for any particular reason. And then, of course, Station Camp came in. Which, yeah, as school, we're seeing, yeah. Whole new deal. Redistricting. Exactly. Um, Took some know, of the kids away. Some people didn't like it at all. Others loved it. Yep. And it is a beautiful school. I mean, oh, absolutely. And it seems like it's it's not that new anymore. I was just talking with Dr. Phillips. I'm like, it's old already? Yeah. It's hard to believe how quickly, you know. Time flies. And I'm sure Liberty. Uh, Pike, I believe. Liberty Creek. Name. Liberty Creek is going to be the same way. It's yeah, same it'll, it'll take some kids away from probably, uh, well, certainly Beach, Beach and, yeah. and Station Camp. I don't know how it will impact Would Gallatin. you believe they're going to be taking kids from Station Camp? I mean, that's hard. Wait a minute. I thought Station Camp was doing all the taking. Yeah, exactly. No, not anymore. It's just the way it's just changed so much. Mm -hmm. It's just unbelievable. And then, of course, after Coach Jocelyn left, uh, Robert Lasseter came back. He had been – he was a Gallatin alum, uh, was a quarterback, went to UT, played quarterback at University of Tennessee back uh, in the, the General Nalen days and, and some other folks. And uh, so he came and took over the program, and he had some success. And then when he finally retired, and you might know his wife, Mary Glenn Lasseter. Yes. That was his lovely bride. Yeah, so they, yeah. They've moved to Florida. I don't get to see him very often, but uh, Mark Williams took over, and, of course, uh, Coach Williams was here. Now he's moved on, and uh, he's over at Smyrna. And then Coach Watson, of course, came in last year. And and he came from, remind me again. Clarksville Northeast. Yeah, that's right. And now there were some really good teams during the course of those. That was a pretty well-kept secret. Yeah. Because uh, there was a heck of a lot of interviewing going on behind the scenes. There was. This isn't just a grab a name out of a hat kind of a deal with that program in particular just because of the history it's a high bar i mean it just is it was and a lot of folks don't know this but back several years ago there was a gentleman named gary rankin and longtime football fans will will remember that name he's the coach at alcoa now he had been at riverdale but he's won 16 state championships or some crazy number like that now in, in those two places when coach short was wanting to leave gallatin and the rumor was out Gary Rankin wanted the job. He wanted to come to Gallatin, and he's told me that himself. Um, he and I got to be friends back years ago during basketball. We would go over there, and Gallatin basketball would play Riverdale, and Gary would always come up and sit down and interview with me. Uh -huh. So I get the opportunity when I get to go to the state uh, – football championships to see him and catch up but he wanted the job and then there were some other names and i won't mention any because they were all active but uh, there was some really good candidates that applied last year when coach watson was hired and you know i think they got it right yeah. I, well there's I, been there's been a I love few, it there's been a few changes just around just because of time white house etc yeah um 
you know, and that's pretty normal. Uh, but these guys, they do give so much of their time to this. this Absolutely. Is, they're, you know, definitely doing it for the love of the game, too. And we're going to talk about some of the other programs because they've evolved. Um, Hendersonville had one heck of a blowout recently, didn't they? Hendersonville, um, yeah. Hendersonville um, has been a, a great story and, you know, just a, a lot of things going on so, there, too. And I know you just, you know, because Greg happens to do Gallatin, we spend a lot of time on that. But you, it's not like you don't know what's going on around the county. So we're going to talk with Greg a little bit more about that in just a moment here on uh, Sumner County Spotlight on WHIN, brought to you by FNM Bank at myfmbank.com. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. Back with more of Sumner County Spotlight and our guest this morning, Sports Illustrated's Greg Arias, also sports director at WHIN. And Greg, let's talk about some of the other programs. I know Hendersonville, like, was it this past week they had the big, uh, huge win. Um, yeah, over station camp. I wouldn't say they ran up to score, but it was, it was good. You know, they had a a pretty good time and then station camp on the other hand is just trying to got some challenges but some things are changing jp2 in particular uh as well seeing some success now absolutely they had a big win last week uh, over briarcrest uh, a really good private school from down in memphis eads i guess is actually yeah where and they're located. coming to mba this week i think about somebody in briarcrest yeah, but, i think yeah. that's right and then of course uh that was a huge win for Justin Geisinger, who uh, is a Vanderbilt alum, played football at Vanderbilt, spent three or four years in the NFL. A lot of people may not know that. He yeah. kind of he, he was never a, a regular, but he kicked around well, in the league this, and he, he got uh, some time. He knows the ins and outs. He does, he's been there, you know, and that's, that's an impressive thing. But we've been blessed. Uh, I mentioned Coach Short, obviously what he did at Gallatin. Uh, I mentioned Jeff Porter at White House. He won a state championship there. Roger Perry won a state championship at Portland. His son, Trey, is the head coach at Mount Juliet now, which they're from Westmoreland. Roger coached at Westmoreland and Portland. in the last couple of years has been, been really good. crazy good. And then Hendersonville had uh, Bruce Hatfield was the coach there forever. Robert Lassiter was the head coach. When he left to go back to Gallatin, mm-hmm. uh, where he was a, an alum of Gallatin, when he took the job at Gallatin after Coach Jocelyn left, Bruce took over at Hendersonville and did a wonderful job. Took Hendersonville all the way to a state championship game. They didn't win it, but yeah. they got there, and they were a regular playoff participant. He did great things. And how long was he at Hendersonville? Do you You're think? going to put me on the spot with that. It was probably – Ballpark. It was mm-hmm. over. It was double-digit It was. Okay. Oh, yes, all absolutely. Right. Okay. And now he's up at Tennessee Tech as the linebacker coach. He played at Tech, and his – Good friend Dwayne Alexander, who's also from Hendersonville, coached at Gallatin, lived at Gallatin for a long time, is the head coach at Tech. So Bruce went up there. James Beasley comes in. So in my so this tenure, is a, this is a well-connected community. These, yeah. these, these guys, the, uh, that's what I try to keep telling. Them. Yeah, rivalries are great, but there's these interpersonal relationships. You just can't get around them. Absolutely, they are. They're looking out for each other, and they're they're looking for their next opportunity. Well, and when you look at Hendersonville, Coach Beasley now is the third coach for Hendersonville, or fourth coach. He'll be the fourth coach in the 29 years that I've been doing this. Uh, When you look at uh, White House, Jeff Porter started before I started and just two years ago left. So Ryan Hamilton's just the second coach at White House. Uh, I mentioned Gallatin and the coaches there. Station camp, 17 years of Sean Hollingsworth. Sean and I were actually high school students together. I can't uh, believe you're saying station camp in 17 years in the same sentence. Brent Alexander's the (laughs) second coach at station camp in the school's history. So, you know, I've had the the, been good fortune of being around and and meeting and getting to, to know these guys. And so it made it easier for me 
even though I did Gallatin, to call Hendersonville and talk to Bruce Hatfield and call Station Camp. Of course, as I said, Sean and I went to high school together, so we kind of had a little previous right. uh, relationship. But Beach, uh, that's that's another one. Coach Crabtree down there has done a great job. You know, the yeah. state championships he's brought in. Uh, he's just the third coach in my tenure of doing radio that's been there at Beach, and he's taken that to a – another level now you know granted he had Jalen Hurd that one year but that was a program that was on the rise before Jalen ever set foot on campus right right so uh speaking of players um you always like to see the new uh unexpected surprises and there's been a few this year um and just even in the last couple of years who who's surprised folks in any program in Sumner County that uh, that you've been hearing about or that you maybe want to keep we want to keep our eye on you know well, obviously, Spencer Briggs, I mentioned from Gallatin, being at UNLV, I think is a kid that's going to, to make his mark there. Uh, there's been a bunch of kids recruited from Sumner County. Uh, Hendersonville's got a couple right now in Brent Rowe and Ellis Ellis uh, mm-hmm. that are kids that I think people should pay attention to, especially Rowe. He's just a big kid, 6'1", 225, 230, plays running back, Jerome Bettis kind of. Yeah, I heard yeah. you talking about He's yeah. got his new nickname. He's now Jerome Bettis, the, the train. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's a monster. And then, of course, Beach has got Tyshawn Jefferson, who's a kid that's just putting up phenomenal numbers, yep. did last year too. So those are all guys that are currently playing. Um, you know, but And thank you. Goodness, they are playing, and I, I yes. do. I got to give props out to the school corporation because um, that's not corporation, but Sumner County Schools, just because I think, and I think even Anthony Holt knows this too, and and Dr. Phillips that this this helps the community. This is a part of coming out of this. We hope. Now we want everybody to be safe, and I'm sure every precaution is being taken under the sun. But don't you think this is, you know, bringing some normalcy back? Absolutely. And, you know, the biggest thing was the kids being able to get back to school. Now, I know there's been some contention, and social media is the devil. I know <laughs> yeah. we use it. We, we kind of have to. It's a promotional tool that is available, so we use that. But it really is. I mean, when you look at the things that are put on there. You and, know, I always said if they just put a banner across the top of Facebook and it said, if you can't say something nice, don't say it, <laughs> there yeah, wouldn't be any posting. Exactly. And, you know, and, you know, so let's just try to remember that. <laughs> exactly. But getting the kids back to school, even though there's some people that have been against it, I think has been a good thing because, you know, these kids stuck at home. And I know now as a grandfather – that uh, what kind of the grandkids have been going through, you know, being at home and the distance learning, and they're young. I'm not, I'm not are, sure we've seen kids. the effects of this yet. Yeah, and so getting these kids back to some normalcy, more so for them than it really for the adults. Yeah. I mean, it's great for all of us, don't get me wrong, but I think for the kids to, to be able to get back in school and to be around their friends and to have some sort of something Look, that's, if that's it's normal. Nothing, if it's nothing other than it gives them something else to talk about besides COVID all the time. So guess what they're doing on Saturdays and on the weekends? They're talking about the game that just happened. Yeah. Guess what they're talking about today? The game tonight. You know, at their local school, wherever it is, yeah. it's it it's a good distraction. I think we all could use it. Absolutely, including it's, the Titans, who are going to be playing this Monday. Or, well, in our case, this is Sunday morning. They're going to be playing tomorrow night. So yeah, and you know that's there's a lot of people that are upset over things with the NFL. We're not going to get into all of that. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's, you know, it is what it I is. You it either like myself. it or you don't. But if you yeah. want to watch it, that's fine. It's great that it's back because it gives us something. And yeah. for me. 
it gives me something because starting March the 7th when this thing went down and they pulled the plug, I mentioned earlier about the SEC basketball tournament, we had two or three days to write about what kind of went on. And then after there, it's like, you know, I'm not really making stuff up, but we're grasping for things to write because there's no actual game. So now having the ability to have Derek Mason, the Vanderbilt head football coach, and get a sound bite from him yeah. and quote him on what he's saying about practice. It's, you know, been liberating for me because honestly You're grasping I, at straws yeah, after three or four months. I was at know. the end of my rope and yeah. I literally when when I took my vacation and, and went to South Carolina a few weeks ago, it kinda and I said this jokingly, but honestly it kinda saved my life mentally in yeah. the sense that I, I wasn't depressed and I'm not trying to, to make right, it sound like right. that. But it just – I had been doing that so much so yeah. long that I was just spent, and so that Brain week strain, away – Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And I came back, and I was like, okay, because we came back from South Carolina. Well, just the, be thankful you're not covering the Big Ten. That's this all is I true. <laughs> I came back the, the week before uh, – we came back on Monday, and then that Friday was the first game over at Lebanon. So I went right from vacation right was into football, the, and the it's been great. the rain game? It, yes, oh, it came a goodness. flood at Lebanon. It was so nice that day, and it just, <laughs> it just formed and just sat there. Mm -hmm. And just you guys go got away. the brunt of it. I think Lebanon took it harder than any other area we of had town, a, as I recall. Yeah. I'm like, that thing must be just sitting there. It did. And pouring and pouring. There and pouring. were two now, big they clouds. they have an artificial field? No. They don't. Okay, so it was just a mud pit. Yeah, it was just it, – it, they tore it up pretty pretty good. It, it held up fairly well. I'll, I'll give it that, but it's probably – they've had issues with it since, I'm sure. But sure. There was two big clouds that just kind of sat there. One kind of moved away, and we thought, okay, we're going to be good. <laughs> and then here comes the other one, and the second one really did sit down. And it just sat there and sat there and sat there. But then – you know, like 45 the, minutes or so. It's been an interesting year. It, yeah. On par with everything else in 2020, oh, between power outages and lightning and storms. I mean, really. Crazy first two I'm weeks. I'm hoping tonight's okay for you guys. So far, so good. Well, hey, at least, that, you know, we'll be inside. Yeah, that's right. So, anyway, um, uh, let's talk. Uh, where do you see things going from here, uh, sports-wise, either on the station um, or just in general, baseball, uh, golf, crowds, I mean, what's the rest of 2020 you think going to look like, or do we not know? That's a great question. Who knows? You know, there's there's one school of thought, and not to, to try to be political, but once the election passes, that maybe some of this will go away, that maybe some of it might be political in nature. Now, I'm not saying one <laughs> way or the other, and I don't know. But oh, you, you can probably count on well, it. Well, when okay. you look at Metro Nashville, you know, for instance, their kids have not been able to play football. Uh, because of the mayor and, and kind of what's going on there and you know a lot of d uh, dissension amongst people and this and that and you know there's just so much stuff going on that i i don't really want yeah, to try I'm to think about a, what's going to happen people are pretty smart you know we know a lot more than we did six months ago yeah. uh surfaces aren't as bad as over the you know the breathing and and older folks uh, people with pre-existing conditions i mean i think people are pretty smart now and and can figure it out not you know not saying we shouldn't have some rules right obviously but i think if you give people the benefit of the doubt they're pretty smart yeah if and got, give them the opportunity to make the right choice and most people will yeah yeah exactly because you know the important part like you said uh, school first kids you know it's not about us it's right. about letting them have a bit of a life um well because you know you think about it how many of these kids 
develop depression or you know i haven't seen some suicidal thoughts because of being locked up with this stuff so that was the biggest thing for me for wanting those kids to get back into school was to get them back to something to get them out of whatever place that some of them may have sunk to because you know one tragedy well let alone the social media the pressures of social media which you and i didn't have to deal with Uh, it was bad enough getting bullied in the hallway and getting smacked around a little bit you're bigger than me so you probably didn't do that but i had a bit of a mouth and weighed 100 pounds when i graduated so I made sure I had a couple of Gregs around me <laughs> that protected me <laughs> from my own mouth. But uh, yeah, but 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 sports, and and I'm going to include, and I think uh, Dr. Phillips and I talked even about this a little bit was um, whether it's theater, uh, band, sports, these things bring people together. Yes, and it brings schools together, and it gives them something to feel pride about. Um, just in my opinion, that just can't be a bad thing, no matter how you slice it. No, not at all. And again, you know, as as tragic as as any loss of life is, whether it be from COVID or something else, when you talk about some of the other things that could be coming from that, when it talk, comes to the kids, uh, I think that's even worse. So having these things back, and I went up uh, to Gallatin High School, uh, they were on Channel Four News on Friday morning, mm-hmm. and uh, had the TV people there, they had the band there, they had students there. You know, just a community thing that the, the news was doing prior to the game, with the Mount Judy game. And just to see those kids there in the band there playing. Pumped up, just, excited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, I was ready for the game Friday morning, but, you know, <laughs> from this happening before we ever got close to kickoff because we started, we got to the stadium at 6.30 on Friday morning, and, you know, it's another 12 hours until game time. Well, how do you see the non-contact stuff coming up uh, next spring? Well, we, you know, we've got golf and swing right now, so that's... That's happening. We've got uh, girls softball, uh, boys baseball coming up next spring. I I would think a little easier on them just because of the, you know, you're not just dripping with sweat all over each other. Absolutely. Golf. Wrestling's a little different. You know, football's different. Golf, I think it's fine. You you can social distance there, you know, pretty Mm -hmm. easily uh, on on a golf course. Uh, Softball and things like that nature, as long as we don't have any spikes and and see a a total high school. And when I say total high school, I mean literally have to shut down the school because you've had, you know, a thousand cases or some crazy something like that. I I think we'll be okay with the sports. I don't think the sports is the biggest issue with it personally as it could be some of the crowds. But, you know, who knows what these kids are doing when they're out of school on on Friday or on Saturday night and on Sunday. You know, parents are wanting some of them to – nobody really knows, and I don't know that you'll ever be able to to pin it down to one thing. It's just not the way it's going to be. But uh, you know what? I tell you one thing. It seems that all the coaches – and the athletic directors and the administrators have gotten very good at adapting. I mean, boom, boom, boom. You can move really quick. Everybody seems well-prepared, particularly in Sumner County, because I happen to be in a county that I didn't think was uh, that prepared or had a clue in some cases. Um, but uh, it's been very well uh, handled here for the most part. Now, we had a, a rough spot at the senior center in Gallatin early on. I get it. But uh, just overall, in general, from schools to the cities to the communities, um, not bad. Yeah, I would give Sumner County as a whole an, an A-plus for what they've done. And, you know, the other part is that 
there was no experience. There was exactly. nothing to draw from. We're this all was, winging it here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything is literally working on the fly at every level. And you know, you're not gonna. Nobody's gonna agree with everything politicians do or school boards do. But, but they're like, trying like to do anything, the best. Like anything, I think we've all learned uh, to get along a little better, figure things out together, and you're better, stronger together. Just kind of working together going well how can we pull off this football season for example you know what and knock on wood so far so good so we just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us absolutely glad to do it love it love sumner county and been blessed all these years to be associated with some great folks and you too when you came in and took this thing over and let me kind of run wild with some of this stuff well you can keep on running (laughs) just keep running with it man uh that is greg arias from sports illustrated and also sports director at whim we appreciate the time this morning that's going to do it for sumner county spotlight we'll talk to you next sunday morning at 10 a.m and thank the sponsorship of FNM Bank at myfmbank.com and at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.